Cusick. Not just a word, a movement, a mindset, and a podcast. Welcome to Fusick. Welcome, everybody. We have Chris Menard here in the studio, TJ, the Fusick studio. TJ, we're in, we're in a hotel room. We, we actually are in a hotel room, everybody. We, we don't have a studio. No, we don't. So, welcome, everybody, to uh, the Fusick show. We have Chris Menard here. We are in a Marriott hotel room doing a podcast. Um, had the ability to know Chris Menard for quite some time. And uh, the ability, had the ability, that really went well. <laughs> All right, so Menard is not only one of the funniest guys you'll probably ever meet, but that's obviously not why he's on the podcast. He's partially a, he's Partially not why he's on the podcast, but he is also a professional, um, what is it, not manipulator, professional, uh, <laughs> what's the word? <laughs> He likes, he can uh, reenact people. Reenact. Imperson- impersonator. impersonator. That's Thank it. you. He's a yes. professional impersonator. Yeah. And, um, I'm on the clock here, guys, by the way. Yes, so. absolutely. So, Menard, uh, but besides being a professional impersonator, did I say that right? Per- impersonator? Impersonator. Impersonator. Besides being a professional impersonator and a great family man, um, Menard also has a great story that hopefully um, a lot of people in this Fusic podcast that listen to it can relate to and um, hopefully get something out of. So, um, I'd like everybody to give a big welcome to Mr. Chris Menard and, and all the people in the crowd in the hotel room here. Yep. And um, Menard, yep. Turn it over to you, bud. Hey guys, I just want to say thank you. Um, I don't, I don't find it weird at all that we're sitting here in a in a Marriott hotel room, um, and uh, I was just given an address, told to show up at the studio, and here we are. So, uh, so this is great. Hey, hey, you know, I I started my first business out of. A second-story apartment complex. That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. I had a two-bedroom though. Yeah. Well, you know the accommodations here are sweet. Um, the the uh, we have a view of well, no view of the pool, but uh, we'll we'll go ahead and get it started. But uh, in all seriousness, I appreciate the opportunity to be on and uh, talk a little bit about this. Um, I've been uh, following the Fusic uh, movement and uh, really uh, been inspired by just some of the stories that I've seen from others that post on the Facebook page and folks that are posting on Instagram and just want to say kudos to uh, you guys for uh, getting something like this going because I think you know really when people start to share their story um, you really get a lot of truth behind it you really get a lot of connection with people and you start to realize that sometimes people go through great challenges to get what they want out of life. So oh, hold on, that was our beer. The beers are here. All right, thank you. Thank you. All right, sweet. All right, this just got a lot better. Uh, I was on a roll until the uh, room service showed up here. Um, remember, remember when we couldn't afford room service? Yes. That was like a foreign object. <laughs> there was a time that that occurred. I do remember the first time I got room service. I, I was in a, a Ritz-Carlton hotel in New Orleans, Louisiana, and um, obviously woke up the next day, thought it would be cool to just get some you know, some, some light toast and fruit, and uh, uh, $68 later, uh, you know, three slices of wheat toast and some cantaloupe, um, and uh, and I was still hungry, and uh, so so yeah, don't don't order room service. But um, <laughs> sorry, TJ, obviously has never had a blue moon before because he was just trying to open it with a bottle opener. And hey, everybody needs hobbies. All right, so cheers, guys. Cheers. Minardo. Here we go. That was a time when I was living in Tallahassee, Florida, 
and I couldn't afford a six pack to go to a football game, so I just didn't go. <laughs> uh, I remember a time when, um, well, actually, one of my first goals when I started my insurance career was that I wanted to be able to go to Applebee's and order the steak instead of the chicken. That's a five-star restaurant. <laughs> used to think that. You really did. I, mean, I really did. I thought Applebee's was as nice as it got. It, and nothing against Applebee's. I no. love a good Applebee's. And that is not a knock on Applebee's. Let's make that record clear. We, we still eat at Applebee's and will again. But I, I thought that was like a royal treatment. Yeah. And I thought that, you know, going there and, and people that could go out to dinner at places like that and order whatever they wanted, wanted without, and not have to think about it, yep. to me, was like a greatest. I thought those were the richest people in the world. That's awesome. It was man. unbelievable. That's you know, awesome. and now, hell, if I want a Coors Light, I can get a Coors Light. I think that's pretty yeah. good. You know what? If you want to, you can get two. Well, you guys are you guys are telling great stories, you know. But this is minority. What I thought sorry. about success, I thought about like being able to buy new hubcaps for my Honda Civic. Um, but uh, but yeah, good stories, guys. Good stories. Uh, well, Minardo, we're sorry we rained on your parade, buddy. So yes. why don't you just go ahead and and you know go forward? We'd actually like you to do this and not the Chris Menard voice, if that's possible. Ah, no, uh, I'm going to save my uh, impersonations. I, I do have fun doing that, but. Uh, you know, do I'm, we need I'm, to pay you more? Well, yeah, up up Let's the double up, the salary. Yep. Up up the hourly wage. Um, give me a, a few more bags of Cheez Its, and uh, we'll we'll definitely make this podcast work in whatever voice you want. Um, no, but I, I really am here to tell my story and tell tell a little bit about what uh, I believe this Fusic movement uh, means to me. Um, you know, Craig and and TJ talked a little bit about just telling the story about. Um, how you reach a potential and reach uh, maybe a limit or reach your couldn't is what they're they're talking about. Where, you know, maybe you you set out to do something and you had immense obstacles kind of stand in your way. Maybe it was people telling you you couldn't or uh, physical challenges, mental mental challenges, things like that. Um, so for me, uh, I grew up in a small town in uh, Louisiana. Most of the time, when I tell people where I'm from, I usually say. Lafayette, Louisiana, because that's the largest major town uh, close to where I'm at. Uh, we're known for uh, a lot of great Cajun food, Cajun music. Um, and uh, But I grew up in a little town right outside of Lafayette called Dusan, Louisiana, a uh, population of about 400. And um, not many folks from that town really uh, do much. Uh, it's a very uh, close-knit farming community. And, uh, you know, going to college and uh, having success just really wasn't the popular thing to do in, in my neck of the woods. So uh, for me, um, I always kind of had these dreams of getting out and, and doing something uh, doing something big and uh, really didn't really have a lot of direction as far as that goes. So uh, I think for me, uh, just being a part of, uh, of where I'm at now and being a part of this Fusic movement, I can look back at so many things in my life and, and think about just those immense challenges that I might have faced, just again, just being from where I was from. So, well, unless it's perfect uh, segue, well, Chris, you describe what was one of your biggest challenges that you faced. Yep. Uh, and how did you overcome it? Yep, absolutely, TJ. Thank you. Um, one of the You're things. <laughs> one of the things for me, um, I was um, I was a guy. I went to, went to college um, like Craig. I played fortunate enough to play college baseball and I had a hard time really balancing the uh, student athlete part. Uh, wanted to be more of an athlete than I was a student. Class just gets in the way. Yeah, class just got in the we way of, get that of, of, of me getting getting good at baseball. So um, so for me, uh, I liked a lot of direction. I liked a lot of vision for my life at that point. 
And uh, fortunately for me, I ran into a, a wonderful woman named Lori who was uh, kind enough to marry me and still married to me today. Chris we is got, well married up. Yeah, yes. we, we uh, certainly outpunted our coverage uh, on that one there. And I've uh, got four beautiful uh, kids uh, along with, with uh, a great, yeah, yeah, we have four now. Four? Yeah. I thought it was six. No, we still have four. Uh, four kids, um, just fortunate enough to be their dad and uh, do some great things with them. But um, for me, getting back to um, my story and the challenges that I faced was um, I was fortunate enough to land some great careers. And uh, for me, making money uh, at age of 27 was, was not really hard to do. Um, I had a great job and people believed in me and was able to get hired on by several different companies in corporate America. And then uh, shortly following that, I realized that the more money you made, the more um, commitment you had to make to these companies. And for me, more money meant more time away from home, more time away from the people I love the most. And uh, I was fortunate enough to have someone enter into my life who is, has completely changed my life for, for good. Um, he's a guy by the name of Heath Oaks, and um, I give a lot of credit for him. And uh, really, um, Heath found me in a kind of a dark spot in my life for me where I was really kind of hopeless, thinking that, you know, if I wanted to make money, it just meant that I was just going to be away from home all the time. And, um, you know, fortunately for me, I found, uh, or Heath found me and uh, pointed me in a good direction. Um, but that was one challenge, just kind of getting into a, a world of, of business ownership and, and, you know, I'd never done that before. Um, had a real strong desire to do it. Um, you know, had all the, the economic challenges of, you know, reasons why you shouldn't do it. In fact, um, when, I, when I started my business, um, it was in the insurance world. Um, you know, I'd already mentally prepared myself and committed to, uh, to joining uh, this insurance company. And I thought, you know, if I'm going to do this, I probably need to go reach out to some folks who are already doing this. And, um, you know, for me, um, I think I was a little surprised. I was a little taken back by um, asking questions and, you know, going to these guys who had been doing this for some of them 20 and 30 years. And, uh, you know, I set out and I said, I'm going to talk to four different people who are doing, you know, this insurance world and ask them what they think about me coming into the insurance business. And, uh, you know, ironically, all four of them gave me what I would call negative feedback. Uh, one of them said, you know, Chris, the, the wave of successful insurance people is kind of over. Uh, you've kind of missed the boat. Uh, you're, you're a little too late to the game here. Uh, I talked to with another guy who had, uh, I'd learned later that had worked for one of our competitors. And, uh, you know, he was, he was really, you know, just kind of down in the whole industry and said, you know, if you've got to be really lucky uh, to make it in this business. And so uh, that was kind of my first entryway. And, uh, you know, for some strange reason, I was able to hear all that feedback from four people who completely, you know, said I probably couldn't or I shouldn't, and it's probably the wrong time, wrong place. And yet I still move forward. So so that that's my, my story of how I kind of got to this place. That's awesome. And I can attest to that. Um, Chris is known throughout the company as one of the most stand-up guys. And I know his team thinks very highly of him as well. And one of the guys he mentioned, Heath Oaks, had a huge impact on, on my life as well. And it's probably a big reason the three of us are sitting here in this hotel room That's right true. now. And Amen the reason to that, why buddy. we know each other. So love you, Heath. Appreciate you, everything Bob. you've done, everything. And uh, I'd like to give a good shout-out to Chad Prather and Heath Oaks on their podcast, Second Shot. Um, it's on iTunes. Um, and, and Heath's book, Ignorance on Fire. Um, I think all of us in this room are still being told every day that we are – Ignorance on fire, which we all know is better than knowledge on ice. So um, 
uh, big shout out to those guys. And I know he's had a huge impact. And I'll say, Chris, you've had a big impact on me. They've been a big inspiration as well. I remember the day I met you in um, Kerry Douglas's office in Atlanta when you just took the uh, yep. the TSM role. Um, glad to see how far you've grown, man, the success you're having. It's, it's, it's awesome to see. So, um, Chris, if you were to think back, and it doesn't have to be in your professional career, but you've, you've had a ton of success professionally and, and were an outstanding baseball player. And I'm sure you had some success, obviously, in high school and Little League and everything. But when do you think that, without knowing it was called FUSIC, right? When do you think that the FUSIC mentality, quote-unquote, started for you? Um, I think it began for me at – uh, when I was making the transition from high school and the college, um, this is not a knock at anyone in my family, but, um, you know, really I come from a very blue collar root, uh, family and, um, you know, graduating high school was, was number one, a, a big accomplishment for some folks in my family. Um, and then, you know, secondly, going into college and, um, and, and actually having success and, um, but for me, um, I, I went through college, um, as I mentioned earlier, struggled academically to kind of balance school and, and, um, and also playing baseball. And uh, so for me, um, all of those things uh, kind of fell by the wayside because if I wasn't really pursuing um, academics, I couldn't stay in school just to play baseball. And so they didn't let you kind of stay on the team if you didn't want to attend class. Uh, I found that strange. But um, so for me, um, I think, you know, being forced to, to, to leave college and running into my now wife, Lori, uh, for me, um, that was a big moment for me because, you know, and, and I give credit to uh, my father-in-law, his name's Larry. Um, whenever I asked him uh, to, to marry my wife, one of the questions he asked me, he said, Chris, you know, we, we value education and, and, you know, are you going to go back and finish your college degree? And at that point, um, I had never thought about it, but it, but at that point, I made a commitment to him, and I said, "Yep, I'm going to do that." Again, not knowing in the back of my mind how I was ever going to make that happen, and I had all these doubts in the world, and and truthfully, I had no drive to even want to go back to college and finish my degree. But um, but for me, going back to college, um, number one, I was I was uh, I had made a commitment to him that I was going to do it. But then number two, um, going back to college, I was able to prove to myself that. I had what it takes to pass academically. And so the last part of my college career, I, I finished with all A's and B's and kind of proved to myself that, you know what, every doubt, every lie, every, you know, mental uh, cop out I gave myself, uh, I, I put those aside and actually finished, finished college. So uh, that was just, I, I think for me, that was one of those defining moments where I think my, my course and the path for my life was probably not headed in the right direction, but, but because of one little, spark that lit in, inside of my head. I said, you know what, I'm going to prove not only to myself, but to all of my family and everyone else who maybe kind of has all these same doubts that I'm having for me as well, um, that I'm going to go back and finish it. And, you know, for me, it's not about having a college degree, but it's the mindset that, you right. know, I, that's right. I, I went and finished it. So and Menard, um, and we, we call him Menard, not Chris. Um, how much impact and how important is it to understand or know what your why, quote unquote, is because it sounds like to me that your why has changed a few times. It has, and um, and mine has as well. I know for sure. But understanding and constantly having a reminder of your why 
when you're pushing through this fusig mindset, when people are telling you, when you're going out there a challenge, when people are telling you that there's no way you can accomplish that. And you can either try to look at the end goal or you can remind yourself of your why. Yeah. You know, and what's really pushing you, not what you're chasing. Is, 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 am I hitting home on that? Because that's what it sounds like you're saying. And can, yep. you, can you talk a little bit more deeper into that? Sure. Yeah, I think for me, um, you know, as, as you said, Craig, my why has changed, um, you know, at every stage of my life, I can look back and go, you know, yeah, when it was when it was going to back to college and finishing my degree, my why was because I wanted to be a better provider for my wife and, and also prove to my, my father-in-law and my wife that I could, you know, do it, um, you know, moving forward in my career, um, chasing, you know, higher paying jobs or chasing careers. Um, in the corporate world, my why was because I wanted to prove to myself that I was qualified or able to achieve those kinds of jobs and careers. Um, but then whenever I got into running my own business and, and whenever I answered the call from Heath, I really had to dig deep because I I looked at Heath and it's easy to get kind of drawn into you know Heath's charisma and the things he had and, and looking at people who are successful and saying, well, you know, of course, I want to do this because I want all the things that they want, or, or I want all the, the lifestyle that they have, or I want the nice clothes and the nice cars, and, you know, I want the bank account. But, you know, really, that all that all is worthless if you're not connected to some inner purpose of why you're doing what you do. And so for me, um, whenever I looked at this insurance world, you know, I kept going back to hearing Heath say, you know, all these people who he could look back and say, man, I, you know, I've, I've been instrumental in helping that person change their life or, you know, I've reached out and I've, I've, I've helped that person. Or I remember the stories he used to tell about people that he, he would buy a whole wardrobe for just to help them, you know, come into the business or, you know, people he would just extend uh, his time, his money, his resources. And then, and then what I finally became was I became that person. I became that person that was fortunate enough for Heath to extend his time and his resources and his energy to me. And I thought, man, how fortunate am I to receive this type of coaching and mentorship? And, and if, if I, if all I do is, is accept it and I don't pay that forward, then it's been a waste of time for Heath. And it's been a waste of time for all my coaches and mentors you, you, you and felt people that right? believed in me. Right. Yep. That's great. TJ. Hey, Chris, excellent stuff so far. My last two questions. We're going to need you to, to use a different voice. First question. You said your father-in-law is Larry. Yeah. Is he the cable guy? <laughs> no, he's not the cable guy. Larry's a, Larry's a cool guy, loves fishing, loves hunting. He's a, he's a rice farmer. He kind of sounds like the cable guy. Yes. No, he's not the cable guy. Can you do Larry impersonation? Larry, the I got the word guy. right. Yeah. Can you yeah. do the Larry impersonation? Larry impersonation. Let's see if I can do that one. And tread lightly here, okay? Is it, <laughs> is your is it get her done? Get her done, guy? No, 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 no. 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 Actual Larry. Oh, my, you, your you father-in-law. Man, yeah. guys, look, he's going to listen to this. It's going to be a bad, bad Well, how about I uh, set it up reunion? something different here? Um, he must be a fantastic man he's because a great he guy. raised one heck of a woman. Yep, that's right. So, Lori is way better than you. Um, my last question I have, so you're a faith-based man. Yep. Very much so. Absolutely. And I'll tell you one of my favorite, Craig, uh, well, Craig Miller is one of my favorites too. Uh, Chris Menard is one of my favorites as well. One of my favorite Chris Menard stories is I text him one night. I was holding my daughter and I said, Chris, how do you, how do you find enough love to be able to love another child? Because I love my daughter so much. 
Do you remember what you said to me? Yep, I do. What'd you say? I said, I said, Craig, it's it's funny how you change. Or TJ. TJ. That's yeah. all right. He got in the moment. Yeah, he was in the moment. Yeah. We're I was all looking, looking at you. you. We're all looking at each other. <laughs> <laughs> Your bandwidth was strong there. Um, our eyes locked. Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, I said, I said, yeah, TJ, I said, you know, the interesting part, as I mentioned earlier, I've got four kids, but the interesting part about when you have more children and it's kind of like, I look at it the same way as like recruiting. It's like, how can I support this many people? But when I have children, it's, uh, for me, it's somehow your heart expands and your heart expands to be able to love each one of your kids individually for who they are. And it's such a unique love. I had this little little secret going on with all of my kids. And, you know, if the secret ever got out among all four of them, I'd be doomed. But um, each one of my daughters, especially, my son thinks it's kind of cheesy. He's nine and, you know, nothing's really cool anymore. But uh, but for my daughters, uh, when I kiss them goodnight and tell them goodnight for, as I put them to bed, I always say, hey, we got a little secret. And the little secret is you're my favorite. And so um, I tell all, all of my daughters that, so they think that, you know, and, and I always tell them, look, if the word gets out, then, you know, your other sisters would be very upset. So I'm hoping one day, you know, maybe, maybe when they bury they me. You're hoping they don't all, listen to this podcast. Yeah, all, all of my daughters will, will be, uh, they'll, they'll be up there saying, well, you know, dad said I was his favorite. And they'll have this, like, inner family argument about who was really dad's favorite, you know, favorite kid. So, but I think to your point, TJ, it's like, I think, I think God expands your heart. You, you, you learn to love people, you learn to love your kids. Um, it's really an amazing, uh, amazing, amazing experience. So love it. Awesome. Great stuff. Well, thank you, Craig. Great stuff. I mean, um, I, don't, I mean, Chris, I mean, I think we're, I think we're on a roll here a little yeah. bit. I mean, um, you know, we're not only in time limit, guess what, TJ, we own this podcast. So we do, we can go as long yeah. as we want to on this. I think this is going well and kind of, kind of going in the right direction here. Um, Chris, if, if you could give advice and I'm going to steal this question from TJ from a previous podcast but if you could give advice to a young entrepreneur 22 year old coming out of college baseball player looking to do something besides have a nine-to-five job yep what would you tell them um number one dream big and and do not let anything stop your dream um you know I I think that that's we have so many things out there in the world that are what I'd call dream killers and it's it's status quo. It's you know I'm I'm being born a I'm born a millennial. I'm born in the wrong town. I'm Excuses. born yeah. I'm born in the wrong uh, economic family. And my you know my dad never did this. My mom never did that. You know it's like my gosh. We have so many reasons out there to to to, to not dream. And and so for me, um, I've always been been this guy that I could close my eyes and like paint a picture of what I want things to look like. And so for me, if, if you do anything, you know, as a young entrepreneur, number one, it's, it's dream and, and just like literally commit the time to closing your eyes and saying, you know, what do I want for my life and what do I want this thing to look like? Um, number two um, is, is I think when you add in the consistency and work ethic, um, I, that's one of the things that I had to really learn from myself is I can dream up things, but how do I get things started? And um, I think a lot of it just comes from consistent action and, and, and how do you work into that is number one, or probably in addition to that is asking people who have kind of been where you want to be, you know, like I, I would have never known that I should have done the right things or done certain things that helped me achieve success. Had I not opened myself up for coaching and mentorship from you, know, you guys and, and Heath and others, and I still find myself today wanting more and more to, you know, dig in 
find out what's going on, what's working well for you. You're in a place where I'm not. You're you're achieving success that I'm not. How do I get there? You know, what are you what are you doing? Tell me about the consistent action that you're following every single day. And I think the last thing for me is I've I've always um, well one of the things I did this weekend. And by the way, I was scared to death when a good buddy of mine asked me to do this tough mutter with him. Um, yeah. I asked him on a scale of one to ten. Count me out. Yeah, I'm out. Well, I, he, I asked him on a scale of one to ten how horrible it was, and he said the worst horrible experience. He said it, it's going to suck in every sense of the word, but it it's the right kind of suck. And and so I uh, I went I went up to this thing an hour away, and and he's driving up, and I'm like nervous, and I've got all this anxiety going on. Should we edit that out? No, we're going to keep that. I'm not even going to repeat what you just said. The right. The right. Is there a wrong way? <laughs> I mean, so, no, lastly, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's pursuing things that will make you uncomfortable. And, um, and, and through that discomfort... <laughs> We're back on track. Oh, uh, should we go on to the next question? No, I. Oh, this is good, this is yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm good. Okay, let's this, go. This, so, this. no, the la the last thing I think that that helps, or or advice I would give to someone who's who's trying to be an entrepreneur, trying to achieve success, is is pursue the uncomfortable and do the things that other people uh, wouldn't. And uh, one quick example for me. I always ask this question, and and I was I was talking in front of a group of our uh, uh, some some teammates uh, in in Kentucky a couple of weeks ago, and uh, I said, you know, imagine this: it's it's the coldest day of the year, and um, and 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 I'm over here, we're we're going to the pool, and I'm on the deep end of the pool, and I'm asking you to jump in with both feet, and you're telling me you don't know how to swim. And if, if you want success, the successful person jumps in without asking a single question. The successful person says, you know what, I don't even know if I'm going to have my next breath. I don't know how to swim. But you know what, I want it so bad that I'm willing to do it. And, um, and I think that when you begin to find yourself at the crossroads of making those types of decisions, uh, and you, you can find yourself going into that decision with reckless abandon and saying, you know what, I don't care what the odds are. I don't care what's what what may come my way. I don't I don't care how cold the water is. I don't even care that I don't know how to swim yet. I'm gonna figure this thing out. And uh, I think if you can push push through in those types of situations, you'll find yourself being successful at whatever it is. Um, one quick example: I, I I did a tough mutter this past weekend. A good buddy of mine asked me to do it, and uh, we drove up, and I was nervous. I had anxiety. Um, I didn't want to do it. I'd never, never trained for it. Um, didn't know how to train for running in the mud. And, um, but, uh, but anyway, I ended up doing it and, uh, finished it. And, uh, I tell you, it was so uncomfortable. Um, it was, it was a mess. Um, again, every obstacle that we ran up to, I, I had this mental roadblock and I thought, I don't have to do this. I'm not winning a prize and I'm never going to be asked to run in a marathon or, you know, they're not going to get my name on a wall anywhere. Uh, it's just really for my own pride. And I could have chosen to walk around or, or not even do it. But I continued to move through. And uh, for me, it was just little small mental obstacles that I kept overcoming throughout the day. And uh, ended up finishing it. Um, 
I'm, I'm hurting, I'm hurting today. But, uh, but ultimately I think it, those types of things, if you find yourself in the crossroads of a, of a, should I, or should I not do it? And if it's something that makes you completely uncomfortable, but you know that others are doing it and it's going to make them successful, then, then, then just go knock it out and do it. That's right. One of my favorite things, a reminder I have on my phone every day is pride comes before disaster, but humility comes before respect. And I know that, uh, if I were to do a Tough mutter, there would be nothing but humility and pride would not be, even be in the picture. <laughs> so um, it's one of those things that I'm, I'm happy that you did it. I'm not going to be joining you anytime soon. Mm, yeah. um, not, not at all. Yeah. But uh, it's one of those things that I understand exactly what you're talking about, that sometimes the fame and the glory is should not ever be why we're doing things. Yep. It should always be about helping another person and, and bringing people along with us. Yep. And, and that was one of the things that, you got to see clear as day during that tough mutter because I'm sure that if it was out there by yourself, you probably wouldn't have done near as well as you did with without yeah. all the people out there surrounding you and encouraging you, right? Yeah, cash in, coach. I would have been in the car. Yep, that's right. And that, up, and that is what this Fusic podcast is all about. The more people we can get joining us, the more people we can get telling their story and talking about it and encouraging other people to be successful and take the risks they need to take, the more people are going to have success, and that's what this thing's all about. So, Menard, or question, TJ, you got any more questions for him? Still haven't heard an act, any type. Uh, yeah, of, I mean, you've uh, got to do an impersonation. You know, so well, I think you should do the all-time favorite. I'm a big fan of I'm a big fan of marketing, and so for me, uh, this is my way of getting invited back to the podcast. Is is by not giving too much right now, but um, but I, but I will say uh, it's been a real pleasure being on the on the uh, <laughs> podcast with you guys, and uh, hopefully, look forward to next time. You just nailed it. That was that was it. Yep. So, can, you, uh, can you uh, so, can you say in the, in how, Bernard, how many books a week do you read? You know, I, I'm not really a reader. Um, <laughs> however, I do read Bible stories to my children, so yes. that has to count for that's something. Solid. And I'm solid. not laughing at that. No, yeah, I'm, good, I'm, I'm good not good for you. At that. Yeah, that's good. Bernardo, you read. Bernardo, you the man. And you camper though. Oh, we read in the camper. Yes, we read in the camper. Good. Yeah. I read uh, last night Hayes' bedtime story. We um, read Elf on the Shelf. There you go. And it's June. Per- perfect season for that. That's He requested it. Yep. yep. You know, do, do five-year-old asks you to read Elf on the Shelf, you read it. You, you, you it. read Elf on the Shelf? I'm pretty sure I can recite it by this point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, buddy. Thank you, guys. All right, uh, Craig Miller, tell me a little bit about what you uh, key takeaways you felt from Chris Menard's fantastic interview here. Well, you know, TJ, I think one of the, the biggest things that was screaming loud and clear with, with Chris and Hopefully this is something that I, uh, other people see in me too. I, I, you know, I can only hope that. But something I've always known Chris as and, and, and something that he was definitely showing in this podcast was that he has his priorities in order. Um, I think it's so important to do the right thing consistently. And you don't always have to have the perfect answer. And that was something that I had to learn the hard way was that I used to put so much pressure on myself to always have the perfect answer and have to have the answer that the person needed. What I've realized is that I just have to have a consistent answer with my message. And as long as I have a consistent answer and as long as I have a consistent message, and that's something I definitely see in Chris Menard and something that he would talked about a lot of is he knows his priorities. People that know him know his priorities. And he has a consistent message around what those priorities are. So people tend to trust Chris a lot because of those reasons. And, you know, and I always think that it's always better. I had a good conversation today with a person that I've been assigned to, to mentor and it's someone I, I think a lot of and, and I think that um, they do a lot of great things and think the world of them and it was a situation where 
we were trying he was trying to decide how to handle a certain situation and i and i gave him the advice of hey man it's always better even if it's a difficult conversation it's always better to be up front be be the one that delivers the message be up front with people tell them the truth be consistent with that and that's something i see a lot of in chris menard is that he always gives a consistent message and he always delivers the truth and you always know what you're going to get with him. And he has his priorities in order. That was my biggest takeaway from him. What were your two biggest takeaways yeah. from Bernard? Oh, that was great. Priorities are the key, as, as you know, Craig. Uh, dream big. Dream big. Oh, have a vision of what you, where you want to go and, and that will help you achieve it. I think a big part of it, too, is it, a lot of people think that you have to have to have success in business, you have to sacrifice family life, family time. And I believe Menard is a perfect example of somebody who, who's a wonderful father, wonderful husband, has four beautiful children, and he does not skip a beat from family time in business. He works both angles, uh, and he does it extremely well. So I, that's a huge takeaway. My final takeaway is the passion. When he talked about in the beginning, it was a lot about him seeing Heath and seeing how charismatic he is, uh, you know, the bank account, the money, the, the nice suits, the cars. But he stopped and he said none of that is, is, means anything and it's worthless if your passion and your inner self is not where it's supposed to be. And I think that tailors back to, Craig, your thoughts on priorities and having your priorities in order. Absolutely. TJ, I think that's a perfect way to end the uh, Chris Menard episode of this podcast. Um, guys, it, you, again, my name is Craig Miller. You can find me on Facebook or on LinkedIn. My name is TJ McGinnis. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and also LinkedIn. Everybody, please uh, stay tuned for our next coming episodes on this podcast, and we really thank you for being a part of the movement and look forward to having more conversations with you in the future. Thank you all. Thank you, guys. Love y'all. Fusic, a podcast for everyone who said I couldn't.